in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by that aristocrat, Taylor Sokol, my co-host. Today, we're reviewing the second season of the period drama series Bridgerton, which came out on Netflix. This is based on the book series by Julia Quinn, this series was created by Chris Van Dusen. Uh, this is part of the Shonda Rhimes uh, production team, Shondaland, as it always says in the beginning of each episode. But this series, I mean, when the first season came out, it took the world by storm. Everyone was so into it uh, because it was taking that, that Regency era of London, but kind of modernizing a little bit with... Uh, you know, we have some music in there that is modern, but played in orchestra style and kind of having a little bit of a saucy take on a saucy slash gossipy take on the lives of this family and those who are trying to get married into, you know, families and et cetera, et cetera, and the drama behind all that. But we knew season two was going to be a little different because uh, first off, one of our big stars from season one was not coming back. The guy who played the Duke, Reg John Page, uh, from season one. Uh, he did so well in season one. I think he got a couple offers for some movies, which I know he's filming. And he decided not to come back for season two. So your two big characters from season one, only one of them was going to be back. So that was already going to be a big hit for a lot of people that they were like, ah, don't know if I'd want to come back. But we knew that season two was going to follow mostly the eldest brother, Anthony in his quest to find a match. Uh, and so, Taylor, what were your thoughts on season two? We're not doing spores for this, uh, but overall, what were your thoughts going into season two of Bridgerton? Well, you know what? I was excited to go back to this world because there's some of the other finer points that they really addressed outside of the Bridgerton family. Um, my thoughts going into this season two, you know, are we going to get the you know bit of the debauchery? Is it going to be hot and steamy? I was actually not necessarily disappointed because it made me sound a little creepy, but I was a little bummed out that there wasn't as saucy as salacious in some moments where maybe it was an interesting take to, because this is a different story as we're uh, focused on Anthony's character. Um, so I think this was more, this journey I, I noticed was less of a physical, but more of a mental focus as, are two kind of uh, characters here that are intertwined in this kind of like, will they, won't they? They both are suffering from stuff in their past. You know, we find that Anthony is, you know, he really, in the first season, I hated him. thought he was a real rake. Um, and um, to reference um, quotes of the time in the show. But I thought, uh, you're a capital R rake. Um, but he really grew on me this season. I thought that I really, a lot of these characters, I, I, I liked a little bit more. There was, um, going a little later episodes, there's a, um, I thought there was some really good uh, character development and we get some favorites coming back. What One thing that I really have enjoyed is the costumes. I think they've continued to just make these illustrious and amazing, uh, amazing costume design. And I really also like with the song choices because they're really great about 
and uh, they actually said the creators were inspired by a knight's tale with their take on classic rock songs i like where they did a lot of these instrumental of um some of them i don't know they had like wrecking ball the material girl and things like that but it was just interesting to kind of do that and I, again i do love the infusion of this is kind of history slash fantasy because obviously it is very inclusive with different races but um i i interested to see how they would take other um subject matters i think there's still a lot to explore in this kind of content you know yeah there's definitely there's something that's really eye-popping about how they filmed this series and you know i think for some people the idea of this time period can come off a little boring if you're not really into that whole time period but they kind of give it a bit of an edge a bit of a pace that is quicker there's something a little bit exciting about it you know first off the Bridgerton family has like nine children they have good lord they they were busy so you have multiple children to kind of look at different stories and you know half of them are of adult age if you will uh, or what is deemed as an adult in the eyes of this time period so you know Daphne who was the big star really of season one she's married off to the Duke so we're kind of seeing her pop in from time to time but Vaughn Anthony yeah he was kind of this <clears throat> womanizer you know kind of a kind of a rake yeah last season and this season you see more about how first off what's really interesting is he's he has no interest in getting married for love he has only want to do it for duty uh he wants someone that he can share a nice life with and talk to but he has no he has no like interest in marrying for love because we find out a lot more about the history of what happened to his father uh the dad of course was completely absent in season one we knew that he had died we find out how he dies in season two and how that not only affects his relationship with his mom but also he kind of has this idea of i don't want to marry someone that i deeply love and then if i die one day i leave them just like you know his sees how his mom has handled uh from a young age the death of her husband and so i think that was an interesting angle that you have this character that he's always kind of seeked to find someone that he would really pair with but he always feels like he's not good enough feels like you know i have to do this because i'm i'm he's been the man of the house since really way before he should have and kind of living up to his father's honor and we get the introduction of these two characters uh this new family has come in we have uh kate and edwina their sisters uh played by simone ashley and karitha chandran and it's an exciting thing when we have this this it's very much that uh you know edwina is chosen to be the diamond of the season which uh from the queen queen charlotte has deemed her which she's the most exciting match of the season she's the one all the guys are going to want to look after kate being the 26 the older sister in this time period she's almost seemed too old to be matched with but we see this playfulness with anthony that he's although he's trying to kind of go after the diamond there's something about kate where she is this girl that's not really typical she likes to hunt she's really good at games she's good at things that for the time period most women did not do and there's something that entices you know she's good at horse riding. you know she can ride in horses there's things that she kind of entices him with that he probably wasn't thinking he would even like in the first place so it kind of was a little bit of a rehash for me from season one being that, oh, the two that really shouldn't be together are kind of finding out they're falling in love with each other. But at least it was something slightly different in a way to uh, tell this story. It kind of, it felt a little too predictable 
I feel like overall the arc for the, this show, but I do agree that there's a lot of great actors in this show and having that, you know, Dame Julie Andrews be the overall voice of Lady Whistledown, you know, telling the gossip of the town is always fun to kind of hear that narrative going on through each scene. But I mean, yeah, it's gorgeously shot. And I think I like when they include this, these pop songs, uh, you know, Madonna or, you know, I'm dancing on my own, but it's done in like Victorian, you know, kind of fun orchestra version when they're at the ball. There's something fun about how they kind of modernize where they can without making it clearly it's, you know, today. So this show has already been greenlit for season three and four. So clearly whether the show will retain the overall enjoyment that season one had, who's to say, but I do feel like there's enough of a fan base that who knows how long this show could go. There's eight books. There's eight kids, I guess it is. So it's like they could have stories for quite a while. Question is, are we going to see continued drop off of certain actors and actresses once they kind of hit more of a fame from this show? I don't know, because it is hard when you lose a lead character not coming back. And I think um, just on a side note, as we knew that um, uh, Roger Jean Page, I think that's how they say his name, who played Simon, although him and Daphne's romance is not the focal point of the story, I think because he was such friends with Anthony and how they kind of explain how he's not in there is a little weird. I kind of wish they'd been there just to kind of be like a buddy, but with his absence, it's actually great because we get to focus on more of the Bridgerton brothers and kind of their, uh, and so I found myself really enjoying more of these characters um, because of this new storyline, although it, yeah, it repetitive at times, it allowed us to focus on other characters. And then I really enjoyed, um, particularly, uh, some of the old, other brothers of the Bridgerton family and even some of the other, uh, aristocratic families. There were some, there were some really funny moments. And, uh, uh, Lady Danbury is uh, one of my favorites with her and that cane. And just like, she knows what's what, just like, I'm glad she's back. The way she talks, the way she speaks, the way that she can kind of get into people and, uh, she's so good in that role. And of course, the way that most people can't talk to the queen the way she does, but she can. Uh, there's just such a fun relationship to see that she is, she kind of is a master of what she does. Her craft, and, exactly. And seeing that, I like that Kate was kind of looking at her like, look, you're a governess and you're happy. She's like, yeah, but I've lived a life. I was a I'm a widow. I lived a lot to get where I am. You're still young. This is your chance, you know. It's very fun to see where they all connect. And of course, with the whole Lady Whistledown situation, which was the big, who was that in season one, how they retain that, you know, the secret's already been given out, but there's still a lot of people that don't know who it is. And the queen, of course, ever on the quest to find out who it is to reveal her to the world. So, you know, overall for season two, not being strong as season one, it was still enjoyable to watch. And I do think the acting's really good and they could have, yeah, for some reason or other, maybe because maybe a lot of kids have been watching this show or younger audiences, they did tone it way down uh, with the steaminess, but I'm going to give season two like a seven out of 10. Uh, still enjoy what I watch. I'd be curious to see where they go in three and four, but I'm wondering if the magic is starting to dwindle because it already has taken quite a drop from season one. If it's going to continue this pace. I don't know if I'll make it to season four. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and I, I agree. I want to go give mine an eight out of ten, uh, just because I enjoyed um, uh, a little bit of the focus on some other characters. But you're right; it'll be interesting to see 
is the the ride or the excitement all about the salaciousness or are they really in it for the story uh and what will the other books will they continue to follow them very closely or will maybe they expand to adding different storylines and maybe kind of taking them a different approach who knows but of course you can check out this entire season and season one of bridgerton streaming on netflix and that was this edition of potential picks thanks for listening to the potential podcast you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.